the first verse. While you're finding that, at our business meeting in a couple of weeks, you want to make sure you're there. We have some important things we want to deal with, and uh, you just want to make sure you're here. Um, and we are not going to be putting that online. That's a church business meeting. Amen. Don't invite friends and family to the business meeting. Don't invite them. It's not a revival service. It's a business meeting for you. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4 and 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy, my crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And I just want to focus on that last line. Stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. My message, I don't know if they put it up there or not, is simply a hill of beans. Amen. Amen. It's not worth a hill of beans. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, you are here right now. We ask you that you will touch Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. There's literally a tug of war going on in the spirit. And I mean, it seems cliche and sounds a little cliche, but Jesus wants, you, wants to take you to heaven with him. And the devil wants to take you to hell with him. And there is a tug of war that is going on in the lives of people and in the in families and in and and in churches. <clears throat> I've been thinking lately. Uh, there's a couple of things that have come to my attention that uh, there a couple of um, situations over the years, and they I just noticed them. I've known them. About them for a long time, but uh, but I, I just they just came to kind of rose up in my, my thinking recently. There, there's a couple of cases of of brothers and sisters. There's 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 two pairs of brothers and sisters that that I know, and 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 it's it's interesting. I've been thinking about the different way that people react to life and how they how they how they react to situations and 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 the different paths that people take there's one brother and sister and they were both raised both of these brothers and sisters were were raised in the church but this one set of brothers a brother and sister were raised in the church not a church anywhere near here neither of them uh, were but uh, they were raised in the church, and uh, and and it was a difficult time, if you will, for them. Uh, churches aren't perfect; families aren't perfect. Unfortunately, that is the truth. <clears throat> and um, and sometimes things happen in families and in churches that should not happen. And and they both dealt with issues in their families and dealt with issues in their church. And there was abuse that went on, especially in their families, that was that was terrible. And and uh, and and both sets there were there were mothers involved that were 
tried to live for God, but they they struggled with things and, and they were abusive in the way that they operated and, and so on and so forth. And it was a bad situation. And in this particular family, I, they, I, they, it's interesting because the brother is today an evangelist and the sister is bitter against her family and against the church. Why did one turn out one way and the other the other way? And they both dealt with things, the same thing. The other set of brothers and sisters was much the same. They had There was abuse in the home and, and there were situations they dealt with in the church. And today the sister is a pastor's wife and the brother is into deviant lifestyles and drugs and, and so on. And, and I look at them, I think, you know, um, they both were born again. All four of them were born again of the water and the spirit. All four of them dealt with situations and all four of them saw great times and saw bad times, but you have one that, that's horribly bitter and, and plagued with self-imposed health problems and, and hates her mother and the church. And you have another one that is preaching the gospel, one of the best evangelists I know. And then you have another one who the sister is a pastor's wife and doing a great work for God. And the brother is deviant and messed up to the to the to the depths of perversity that you can not hardly imagine. What's the difference? Amen. Why is it that one lives for God and one does does not? Why is it that, that one makes a decision that they're going to do what they've got to do and another doesn't? And, and I wish that I could dig down and tell you exactly what all the secrets are. What What is it, the personality or is it the character of this individual? Sometimes that may have some of it, have some to do with it, but it but, but I wish I could just, just pinpoint it and say, you know, if you do this and, and, and if you do that, then, then everything's going to be all right. But if you do what this one did and so on. And there's things. I could go down. I could talk about carnality. I could talk about prayer life. I could talk about devotion. I could talk about uh, dedication and so on or lack thereof. But the truth of the matter is, uh, is that, that there, there, there has to be something that happens in the hearts of an individual. The Bible says this. We find Paul telling us that none of us have a special dispensation of trouble and temptation. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, the scripture tells us there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. What is he saying? He's saying what you're dealing with uh, most everybody else uh, has dealt with it before. So don't think you're special. Sometimes we have problems and we have issues and we have things happen. And we think, man, I'm the only guy that's ever dealt with this kind of situation. I'm the only one that's ever had to deal with this. No, 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 you're not. Lots of other people have had to deal with it. Lots of other people have went through what you've been through. Lots of other people have had to fight battles just like you fight battles. Amen. So there's no temptation that has taken you that is not common, that is not hasn't happened to everybody else. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now I want you to know something. For those four people I talked about, every single one of them was dealt with in difficult ways. Every single one of them 
amen, had had a had bad situations. Every single one of them suffered abuse. And God gave every single one of them the ability to escape their situation, but only two of them chose to. Amen. Paul writes in, in preceding this scripture, he talks about the travails of Israel. He says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they would drink of that spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Amen. Sister Kate and we were talking about types of shadows and here you've got a great one. Amen. Here God is showing that there were a type and shadow of Jesus being with them or God being with them and them being them, uh, born again of the water of the Spirit. They were baptized in the sea. They were baptized in the cloud. Amen. And so they all had the same opportunity but with many of them not all of them, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things for, for our examples, uh, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things uh, as they also lusted. Neither be, and he begins to lay out some situations that happened with Israel, amen, in the, in the wilderness there. Uh, he said, neither be ye idolaters as some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now that's a really nice way to say that they sat down and they got around the, the golden calf and they began to cut, commit horrible sexual immorality. Right, right. <clears throat> what began to happen. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. And then we find a situation, amen, where they came together, the, the error of Balaam came into the camp, uh, amen, and, and many of them died. Uh, Phineas came with a spear and put it through uh, uh, a, a man and his, uh, his woman who were committing fornication there openly in the camp, uh, and, and there were many that died there. And then he said, neither let us, be, let us tempt Christ, uh, as some were also tempted, they murmured and they complained about their situations and God was trying to do things for them and they just murmured and they complained and the Bible says they were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmured yet some of them also murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. And he goes through all of these examples. He said these things were there for us. You think they were just things that happened? No. These things happened unto them for examples. They were written for admonition unto whom the ends of the world come. Amen. You think you're the only one that's ever suffered and went through stuff and dealt with stuff. Look what happened back then. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And then he says, there's temptation that everybody suffered. Amen. We look at all of this and and, uh, and we realize that, that, that Paul was trying to let us know that every one of us deal with stuff. Young people, you deal with stuff. But the things that you dealt with, I dealt with when I was young. Amen. Amen. Some of you that are a little older, you deal with things uh, as you're raising your children. I've dealt with the same sort of stuff. And my daddy dealt with it with me. And uh, my granddad dealt with it with my dad and his boys and, 
and on and on. We went through all kinds of stuff. Amen. You think you're the only one that has a kid that acts like an absolute brat? There were others. Amen. Amen. You think you're the only one that wonders if I'll ever get married? Trust me, I know how that feels. Somehow or another, my wife took pity on me. I don't understand it. Neither does anybody else, but, but it's good for me. Amen. It's so on. We, we look at all of these situations and stuff. There's no temptation that is not common to man. Amen. You're going to deal with it. But here is the kicker. How are you going to deal with life? Amen. Amen. You don't understand how bad it is, Pastor. Maybe I don't, but somebody does. And Jesus certainly does. You don't understand what I go through. Amen. Maybe I don't. Amen. Nobody knows what the soul said. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Yeah, actually people do. Because they've seen the same sort of trouble and they've dealt with the same sort of issue and they've been through it. And I'm not, I'm not belittling what you deal with. Uh, but, there, but whatever you deal with, uh, God's going to give you what you need to make it through. No matter how bad it gets, when the world forsakes you and your family forsakes you, and sometimes it may even seem like the church forsakes you because people are human. God never, ever will forsake you. Oh, Pastor, I don't think anybody loves me. Well, sometimes you're so stinking unlovable, it's no wonder, but Jesus still loves you. And I know how it feels. Sometimes I wonder, how in the world does that woman put up with this guy? I know, Sister Tracy. Sister Tracy, now we, we know that you... Uh, uh, never mind. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, have mercy. Lord, help me to have mercy too right now. But uh, but you know what I'm saying? We, we look at these things, and, and, and I'm, I'm just going to segue from that a little bit. Sometimes we are so unlovable. I look at me, I look at y'all, I look at people around me, I think, it's no wonder they have problems. It's so long, no wonder I've got issues sometimes. It's just like, what is wrong with you? I'll look in the mirror and think, what is wrong with you? Oh, yeah, I know what's wrong with you. I know real well what's wrong with me. Amen. But Jesus, in the midst of that, he says, I, I, in all of this, in, in the situations, the temptations uh, that you deal with, the, the problems that you deal with, the, the issues you deal with, the, the personal issues you deal with, the family issues, uh, all that comes along. I'm going to give you a way to escape, but you gotta take it. Amen. It comes from different ways, I know, but God will give us a way to escape. Sometimes we got to be smart enough to recognize it. Y'all have heard the old story about the fella that uh, was on the top of a house during a flood. Probably heard that. Top of the house. 
flood waters are rising and a guy come and he's praying, God, I need, I want you to save me. Please rescue me. Save me, Lord. Canoe comes along. Guy pulls up. He says, hey, hop in. I'll take you out. He says, I'm waiting for the Lord to save me. Powerboat comes along. He says, hey, we're picking people up. Get in. I'll take nope, waiting for the Lord to save me. Helicopter comes in. They drop a ladder down to him and say, say hey, grab the ladder. We'll say, I'm waiting for the Lord to save me. Water comes up and he drowns. Standing at the pearly gates and standing before the Lord, he says, or he looks at uh, St. Peter. This is a joke. Um, St. Peter standing there. He said, St. Peter, he said, I pray. Um, he said, I, I pray for God to send me, to, to save me. And uh, Peter says, well, we sent a canoe and a boat and a helicopter to you. And you didn't take it. Sometimes we got to recognize what God is doing in our life. Sometimes we just say, and that's an old joke. If you ever heard that joke, you don't pay attention to jokes. <laughs> but, uh, but sometimes we've got to recognize what God is doing. And, and we've got to reach a point where, where we're, we're willing to be saved and willing to be helped. That is a real deal. There's a lot of people that need help, but they are not willing to allow God to help them. Somewhere along the line. I'm not going to preach a long, long time. I don't really have the, the strength. Amen. I told Brother brother CJ and Brother Michael a little thing today. A little joke about this guy. And I, I thought I would tell this to Brother CJ and Brother Michael. Brother Nate's watching. Listen to this. Amen. Um, there was this fellow that he, he took his son to a place. And there was a fellow that was working on something. And, and he, had to, he had to get it exactly right. And... Uh, and he, uh, he um, would look at his watch and look back. He'd look at his watch. And, and, uh, and his son said, what's it mean when that fellow looks at his watch? He said, well, he, he, he needs to know when to stop. He's knowing when to stop. And, oh, I see. So they went to church and the preacher's preaching. And look at his watch. And the little boy says to daddy, daddy, what's it mean when the preacher looks at his watch? And the daddy says, absolutely nothing, son. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <coughs> So Brother Michael, Brother CJ, Brother Nate needs to hear that one too. But anyway, I love my guys, man. They're great. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. If Sister Lexi's out there listening, you, you, you need to remember this for God is good. Amen. That's enough of jokes. But we got to get to a place that, that we, we, we understand that we've got to listen to the voice of God. Right. And when things are at a point that that we, we we don't know what to do, we've got to trust in God. There's a story in, in the Old Testament. And the Bible tells us about a man by the name of Shammah. The Bible says he was the son of a gi, 2 Samuel 23 and 11, the Herorite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. Now I want you to think about this. The people of Israel were constantly in turmoil with Philistia. If you, if you find the, the, the one that's known the, the most is when David confronted a nine foot six tall um, giant by the name of Goliath. Now, 
Now back then, you threw rocks at guys like this. Today, they signed him to a contract with the Lakers. But uh, but he was nine foot six. If our if our uh, if if we're right, you know, he was six cubits in a span, and that's about nine foot six. So huge, huge man, probably as broad as a barn and strong. And uh, and that was one of the first. That's not one of the first. Through the judges and all of that, we deal with the Philistine. But that's one of the most well-known situations where Israel dealt with the Philistines and they defeated them there. Later on, they dealt with the sons of the giant and they were also giants and they killed them and, and so on. But there was a constant give and take and many times the Philistines would over, uh, or if you, if you want to get fancy, the Philistines, the Philistines would overrun the villages of the people of Israel and battle after battle, they fought them and the judges, uh, they fought them in um, with Saul and David came along and he fought them and, and there's a and the, the latest mention, they became just basically uh, absorbed into other tribes around as time went on. The latest mention is during the time of the Maccabees, there's a mention of the Philistines, but uh, that's the latest. After that, they kind of ceased to exist, but um, but they were they were a rough bunch of people. And they were, in fact, the word means they were migrants and they would wander into an area and, 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 and just cause all kinds of, of troubles. And so here we have a situation where the people of Israel are on the receiving end of the wrath of the Philistines. And, and, and you've got, you've got a, a group of them. The scripture says that, that they came and, and, and gathered together in a troop. There was a bunch of them. They were fighting men. They were they were capable men, and and I don't know how many a troop was, but but we you know they, there's little there's little you know there's a plat platoon today that's twenty. There's a company that is a hundred. There's a regiment that's a whole bunch of people, and so on. But this was a troop. I don't know. I, I should have looked it up to figure out how many people there were. But they gathered together in a troop, and they came and they attacked uh, this place. And when they did, the Bible says uh, that the people fled uh, from the Philistines. Uh, and so here you've got uh, a situation where the people of Israel are on the run. And, uh, and here we have Shammah. Shammah, we don't know much about him. The Bible doesn't say very much about him. There are scholars that say that he may have been the same uh, as the man by the name of Shamgar in the um, in in Judges, uh, who killed six hundred, I think it was six hundred Philistines with an ox goat, <clears throat> but the, the time doesn't match up. So I suspect that might be wrong. Some people say that Shamgar was actually Shammah, and the time was wrong. I don't know, but uh, but I think they were two different uh, people. But the ox goat thing kind of makes sense because it looks to like. It's a good possibility that Shammah was a farmer because when he decided to defend something, he defended a field of lentils or a type of bean. They're little bitty ones. We, we had them here on the table some time back. But uh, a, a, a field of lentils. In, a, in another place, it says a field of barley. So it's likely that he had, it, had the lentils and the barleys that were planted, barley that was planted there. And, uh, and, and it's also very conceivable that he was the guy 
that planted them. Why else would he decide to defend that particular place? So here we've got a farmer. He's just that. He's a farmer. Amen. He raises uh, barley. He raises lentils and maybe some zucchini. Amen. But I didn't say anything about that. But uh, and and he raises a lot of different. He raises this stuff, and and so he's went in and he's got this field up. And he's taken his oxen and he's plowed the field up. And then he's went through very labor intensive. And he's, he's, uh, he's planted it. Uh, and then he's fertilized it. And he's watered it. He's cultivated it. Uh, he's weeded it. Uh, he's done everything he needs to do because he's growing. It's just bread and beans for goodness sakes. Uh, but bread and beans are pretty good stuff. When I was a younger man, I used to go over to Sister Betty's house. Sister Betty would, would make, a lot of times, she would make rolls with pinto beans. And, and a lot of times some mashed potatoes too. And you talk about good. Hey man, that was delicious. And, and so you've got, to, or, or you know, you, you, you get bread and beans, call them tortillas. And man, that's good stuff right there. You, who needs anything else? Hey Amen. And, uh, and so... It's just bread and beans, but but you know what? It's his bread and beans, and he's dug the rocks out. He's worked on it, and and, and he's done all of this stuff, and, and they're growing up, and it's it's looking good. And the Bible says that, that here comes a troop of Philistines, and Shama, I I I I suspect that when they started to come, maybe he was down the road a little bit, and somebody yelled, "Hey!" There's Philistines coming. And everybody grabbed up what they could and grabbed up their kids. And, and they took off running. And Shop was just trucking along. And he comes along and he's starting to run through his field of beans and his field of barley. He goes, Whoa! And something goes through his mind. If I run now, I'll never stop running. That needs to go through some people's mind when they're ready to give up. You run now, you'll never stop running. Come on now. You give up now, you'll never stop giving up. I know people do at times, but most of the time, it's just one time after another. Amen. I'm not talking about failing. I'm not talking about sometimes even backsliding. I'm talking about just running. Amen. And then God's unable to do anything with you, anything with you, because you're a runner. Amen. Run forth, run is not the call of the church. Stand fast is the call. Amen. And so he stops and he looks around and he sees his barley and he sees his lentils up and they might have been ready to harvest up. And he's like, you know what? This is my land. This is my bean field. It may not be worth a hill of beans to somebody else. Amen. But this is my bean field. Amen. This is my bean field. This is my legacy. This is my children's. This is my grandchildren's. If I run now, amen, if I don't stand fast now, amen, it's going to affect my family. It's going to affect my friends. I may not be the greatest. Later on, he was one of the three mighty 
I may not be the greatest. I'm going to tell you all right now. I don't know if he had an ox goat in his hand or whatever he might have had. But he made a decision. This is where I make my stand. Let me tell you the difference between those two sets of brothers and sisters. The ones that walked away from God decided to run. The ones that are living for God today, somewhere they took their feet and they planned them in their being filled and said, I might have been through everything you can imagine, but this is where I make my stand. Come on, pastor. It's just a bean field. It's not a big deal. Listen to me, brother. Listen to me, sister. It's a big deal. The impact that you will have on your life, on your family's life. On those you're trying to win. Of those that are around you, it's going to be huge because right here is where you make the stand. He stood there and they came on him and they had their spears and they had their swords. He may have or he may have had the ox go. We don't know. We know Shamgar did. We don't know what Shamgar had. The Bible doesn't say what he had. <clears throat> Probably wish he had an AR-15, but they didn't have those back then. <clears throat> Here he is. <clears throat> if I die, I die. If I go down, I go down. First Corinthians says, watch ye. 16 and 13, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like man. Be strong. Amen. Ephesians 6 and 13 says, Wherefore taking you the whole armor of God, that ye may be have, able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Right. Amen. I just can't run anymore. Comes a point where you can't run anymore. A few years ago, there was an old fella. <clears throat> he was bow hunting in the mountains of Colorado. And he, uh, there are not supposed to be grizzly bears in Colorado. And maybe this was the last of the grizzly bears. And uh, the last Grizzly bear in Arizona was shot in the early 1900s. Did you know there were grizzlies in Arizona? Escondido Mountain, up by Alpine. Last grizzly bear was shot up there. That thing had been killing cattle and pigs and sheep like crazy. And at last they hunted him down and killed him. Last grizzly bear of Arizona. Colorado wasn't supposed to have grizzly bears. Just sometimes in the, sometime in the 70s or 80s. And this man out, out hunting looks up to see a a sow grizzly charging him. Knocks him down. He tries to get away. He can't get away. 
He tries the old tried and true. And that is, I'm going to roll up in a ball and look like a donut for this guy, for this gal, you know. And the, the bear thought that he was a donut and started chomping on him. So sometimes that doesn't work either. You know, you can't run, you just give up. That's the way a lot of people operate. Can't run, you just give up. And start taking bites out of it. And so, what do you do? Well, here's what you do when you get to that point. You fight. He reached over and he got a hold of one of its arrows that had fallen on the ground. And he grabbed it and began to stab in the throat of that grizzly with that arrow until he killed that grizzly bear. Really happened. You can look it up. Killed that grizzly bear. And Shelma said, well, I might die. Maybe he, who knows? He might have been a little crippled in legs. Who knows? He might, might have had a bad knee. I've had a couple bad knees. You know, there was a point there where, where I had two bad knees. I couldn't run. I have two good knees. I still can't run. But I could even run less back then. So people took me on hikes where there might have been bears. Because they knew they could outrun me and the bear would get me. Well, maybe not, but that's the idea. You don't run from a bear. You just make sure you're with somebody that is slower than you. And you've got to outrun the person. So he finds himself in this place. He's done running. And he ain't going to lay down and die. And he takes whatever weapon he is. And he starts welling around. Now, here, here's the thing about the whole deal. And, and this is where it comes down to. I'm going to try to get back to that scripture. But he stood in the midst of the ground. Here I am. And I'm going to close. And defended it. And he slew the Philistines. And here's what the Bible says about this situation. And this is where it all comes down. Amen. When you have done all that you can do. And all you can do is stand. You've got your shield of faith. You've got the sword of the spirit. You've got, and, and the, the very hellhounds of Hades are coming against you. And you, you don't know what to do, but stand there. The Bible says some trust in chariots and some in horses. Amen. But David said, we will remember the name right. of the Lord. Right. Amen. And Shama, one of David's mighty men, stood there and just began to swing. Right. Amen. He knew he didn't stand a chance. Amen. But then the Bible says, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Right. What happened when you make up your mind? I'm just going to stand. I've made up my mind. I'm going to live for God. Hell may come against me, but I'm going to live for God. I may die, but I'm going to fight the good fight. The Bible said, the Lord fought, wrought a great victory. I'm telling you right now, if you make up your mind to stand, But everybody else is on the run, Pastor. I don't care. 
Amen. Just stand. My family doesn't support me. So what? Just stand. My friends think I'm crazy. Whatever. Just stand. I'm dealing with trouble. I'm dealing with abuse. I'm dealing with temptation. Whatever. Just stand. Hallelujah. Pick your hill of beans. Pick your barley patch. Amen. This is where I stand. I've made a decision some years ago. Here it is. It may not be worth much, but Jesus named baptism, the new birth, speaking in tongues, the oneness of the Godhead, living holy. It may be a hill of beans to others, but it's my patch. It's my ground. It's my barley patch. It's my hill of beans. And I will stand and I will die here. All that stand and love the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to take what God has given me. Amen. I'll fight a good fight. I'll go to battle. I'll do what I've got to. But I'm going to defend this. I'm defending it not just for me. But for my children, for my grandchildren, for my loved ones, for the saints of this church, for the neighbors. I'm gonna stand. Shalamu Rubo Sihataya. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you and God bless you.